Welcome to the Harvest Collective Podcast, the church development network's voice for cultivating new churches. Get ready to dig deep into church planting insights, immerse yourself in field stories, and discover the best practices in sowing the seeds of the gospel. Jesus said the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Here is the Harvest Collective. He's sending people all the time, but we despise who he sends. We ignore them or we look past them. And so whether it is just, you know, a, a mom with, you know, multiple kids who's, you know, staying at home and we don't think that she has the time or would be capable or someone who's disabled and we don't think they have the network that, you know, would be or resources that would be needed or um, whoever, you know, like you know, man, woman, black, white, you know, poor, rich, like whoever, you know, if, if we're asking him to send workers, he's going to raise them all up. And so are we willing and ready to equip them, empower them and send them in their context? Um, because, you know, if, if we're looking at planting, planting is literally like gardening. So you better scatter the seed. Welcome to the Harvest Collective Podcast. My name is Ken Platt and I am your host. And today we are going to be having a great conversation with the pastor and church planter and catalytic trainer, Zoe Hatcher. But before we get there, let's go through a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, if you are listening to this podcast today, I want you to just hit that subscribe button so that you get every single one of these podcasts as they come out. We want to make sure that you're up to speed as to all the stories that are going on. But second of all, like the podcast. And then on top of the fat, on top of that, why don't you just go and share it with somebody, right? Like just press pause right now, click that share button and just go for the first person on your list that, that you think would be interested in this podcast. And so share this podcast, like it, subscribe, but also jump in there, rate it, tell the world you love it. And, uh, and, and leave some reviews for it. We wanna be able to take the things that we're learning here and the stories that we're learning here and share them with the world because that's why the Harvest Collective is here, is back in, uh, back in November, there was just this uh, call, this need to say, there are so many incredible stories and so many incredible voices, we want to hear them. What's a way that we can hear them? And so the Harvest Collective podcast was born out of that. And so it's built on stories. It's built on the narrative of the living God moving through the lives of people and, and churches being planted. And, and our desire is to just let it rain. And so we want to hear about those rainstorms, right? We want to hear about where God is moving and where his spirit is just raining down life and beauty and power through church planting and through life change. And so if you have a story go over to churchdevelopment.network, click on that Harvest Collective podcast page um, in the Harvest Collective podcast and submit your story. Let us know what, what your story is and we will reach out to you and we want to hear it and we want to share it. And uh, there's also a really great resource there, the Harvest Collective uh, blog, where there are lots of published stories and pictures and things like that. So we really love the storytelling aspect 
And so today, as we talk about that storytelling, I'm talking to Zoe Hatcher, and we cover the gamut of things. We talk about her calling, especially as a female in ministry, and uh, and and how she was inspired in that regard, and and how people it was it was her leaders that called her out. But also, we talk about how leaders have to call out new help call out new people into ministry. Uh, we talk about how it's so important for the church to not stay stagnant, not stay the way that it's always done things, but to innovate and be constantly innovating. See, the message never changes, but our methods should and our, because culture is constantly changing. So we want to meet culture where we're at. We want to bring the gospel to people in ways that is relevant and powerful and will help them connect to Jesus. And then we also talk about church planting and Mike, the microchurch model and how she was inspired by Tampa Underground and, and what that led to, but also the life cycle of churches, how not every church has the same life cycle. Some, of, some, li- some churches have a life cycle of six to 12 months and others have uh, a life cycle of six 60 to 120 years, all of them are valid and God can use all of them. And so I am going to, let's, let's take a second to just move into this conversation with Zoe. And I just pray it is a blessing upon your day. Hey, Zoe, it's good to see you again. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, Everything's going really well. Uh, Just moving things along with, uh, we had our encounter last weekend and I know you had an encounter this past weekend. So, uh, but before we get to that, you know, like tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from and, and that kind of thing. And maybe even a little bit about how you got involved in, in CDM, like give us a, give us a 20,000 foot view of, of how all that is. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we could be here for, you know, a week uh, if I told you everything. So, um, so yeah, just a quick uh, intro. I'm Zoe Hatcher, and I'm the lead pastor at Open Arms Church in Bradford, PA. So, uh, Northern PA, Northwest PA. Um, usually you say PA and people think Pittsburgh and Philly, and that's not. We're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um but yeah, so we are a, uh, we're a free Methodist church and we, um, I became lead pastor in January, 2020, interim lead pastor, uh, first appointment, first, um, uh, you know, time pastoring, serving as a pastor at all in any capacity. Uh, previously I was the children's ministry coordinator at our church. Um, and we've been, uh, at our, at open arms, um, for a long time, coming on 19 years now. Wow. And uh, so, you know, know and love these people. There are people. Um, and just beginning to stir a call of God in 2019 and um, but didn't really know what to do with it. Didn't really see any other examples of women in ministry, especially serving in lead roles. Um, and uh, just, you know, like knew of uh, female pastors, but not really had any personal experience, never heard a woman preach or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, just without any type of context, uh, in that I was completely content to stay in children's ministry for the rest of my life (laughs) and just kind of kept telling God, well, you know, you're calling me into something new, but I, don't know what you're calling me to. Maybe I'll go back to college. Nope. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, serve more. And we were foster parents and maybe I'll 
uh, get more involved in that aspect. And nope. <laughs> um, and uh, so at our general conference that uh, summer in 2019, as uh, Free Methodist Church went down uh, to just be a part of that and saw our first female bishop um, was elected. And it just rocked my world uh, to see a woman in a, a top leadership role um, be accepted, be, yeah. you know, accepted and affirmed as a yeah. church, you know, in church leadership. And, um, and so it just, you know, just wrestling with the Lord after that, knowing that I don't know if I step in, if I step out and actually tell somebody that I'm called to be a pastor, how it would be received, if it would be received. Um, and I knew after wrestling with God, fasting, praying, and just him uh, just powerfully uh, speaking to me that if I didn't, it was disobedience. And so it really didn't matter how it was accepted. I had to step out and I had to be obedient to him. Um, and so thankfully, our uh, lead pastor helped me enter into the process. He believed my call. And um, but our church was going through a transition at that time. And so I was entered into uh, into the candidate process and surprisingly appointed lead pastor. Um, and so, it was, yeah, it was just a whirlwind. But 2020, as yeah. you know, many of us in in the ministry life went through really a lot of hardship in 2020. Our churches saw a lot of exodus of our people uh, falling away. And we were definitely one of those. Um, because of the, you know, the perfect storm in our, our context of pastoral transition from a, you know, a, a strong male senior pastor to a female lead pastor now. Um, and I, you know, and then COVID <laughs> on top of yeah, everything else. Yeah. So when we reopened, uh, two, two thirds of our church uh, left, we only wow. had a third wow. uh, yeah. remain. And um and so it was just crushing. It was crushing um, for me just as a person um, because, you know, these people I knew, loved are my, you know, dear friends, um, you know, just seeing them fall away, seeing the lack of, of discipleship really um, in people that when hardship comes, when change comes, they can fall away so easily. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I've talked to so many leaders where that has also been a theme where we have just seen the church be pruned um, yeah. through the hardship of COVID really the past few years of the changes that, you know, the church just in general has had to go through. Um, and so just coming into that and, and reopening uh, that summer of 2020, not really being like being in our building, but then quickly being out of our building and doing outdoor services and trying to just continually yeah. morph as we all did. And it was just, you know, I just kudos to my team and just the Lord's leading yeah. um, because we just did, you know, you just learn uh, to yeah, innovate. It was, it was a really interesting transition, right? Like you had yeah. to innovate. And I, and I, I think I remember that time of like telling everybody like that, that was in, that was under my leadership, even in, in our district, just saying like, Hey, we've got to innovate. Like you've got to think different ways of doing things. You can't just do things the way you've always done them because you're going to, yeah, it, it was interesting. I think 
some people became so entrenched in how things ought to be that they forgot there was two groups of people that needed to be reached for the gospel, that it wasn't just the people who shared my preference for what worship looked like, but there was people that, you know, like just, just as a, the big example, like the maskers and the non-maskers, they all needed Jesus, right? Like, and so why, why are we saying, well, we're only going to minister to those who are masking or the only those who are unmasked or, you know, that kind of thing. And just to say that cross section, but I love, you know, I just want to jump back. I just, I just love that your pastor, you know, like affirmed your call. And uh, I've, I have found <laughs> there's traditions where uh, women in ministry are part of our tradition, but they don't know it. You know, like they're, the congregations have no idea that this is part of what we do because they don't have a context for it. And uh, and I hear that in, in, in where you're coming from. And I, I dealt with that a lot kind of early on in, in planting a church that that does think a little more conservatively in regards to reading of the scripture. And so people rolling into our space automatically think that, oh, since we're, we think traditionally that, you know, that means that we're a certain brand of, of Christian. And that means only men, you know, in the, in the pulpit. And it's like, actually, no, we conservatively read the Bible, but in our conservative reading of the Bible, we do see women in, in leadership roles. And so we believe in that we affirm that and that's going to happen. And, you know, I've said to people who have come to our church, like, post-COVID as they move into spaces and they're like, well, you know, we're going to come here, but we don't actually believe in women in ministry. I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot and, you know, we'll see what happens. And I said, if you don't like it, that not, that is not, that's not changing, you know? And so we affirm like the gifting and, and you know, like, that, that God calls us differently and builds us differently and that we're better working together than, than just hearing one voice. And so cool. Like as pastor Helen at our church has, stepped into spaces and other females have stepped into that role. People have said, I've never heard a woman speak before and you have changed my mind about that. So, yeah. So it's just so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and it's good. And I, I think it's important to touch on, you know, there, because I, you know, and I, I just had a, a, an opportunity to share on this this week at a, at a conference for uh, the FMC um, just that, you know, so many of our churches, um, we can have the uh, value um, in like in our denomination, but there's others, you know, other denominations that do either ordain women or, you know, at least affirm them in some type of credentialing or, um, you know, or, or promoting them as other, you know, leaders and speakers. Um, we can have that as a value in theory, but not in practice. And, um, and unfortunately, yes, even in our denomination, we see that a lot where, um, you know, we can either just not talk about it, um, just not teach on it. And, and so our people don't know it. And so then when they're faced with, like in our context, they're faced with seeing, wait, there's a, a woman lead pastor and where'd this come from and how this happened. And, and so, you know, it, unless we continually talk about it, have it in our, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, membership, premarital counseling, like, like, what are we teaching? Because um, there will be a time that if we do affirm women as leaders, they're going to pop up 
you know, yeah. somebody's going to be called, you know, and if, if 50% of the body is, is female and God also calls women, then they're going to start raising up in, in some context. And, and if people don't know that it's something that your church embraces and embodies and they don't see it regularly, then they're going to leave. <laughs> and that's yeah, what and, happened. And in the, and in the church planting vein, you know, like as we're, as we're seeking to plant these new churches in different creative and places and spaces, right. Is yeah. that we have to affirm the priesthood of all believers, you know, that, that it's not just a man who can plant a church, but a, but a woman too. Like I think of Lydia um, in the new mm-hmm. Testament, when Paul goes to plant the church and I was at Philippi, um, but he, he goes and he, he, he goes there and like, who's, who's already got the house church running? Like who's already gathering people together and then Paul just kind of organizes things a little more for them and, and starts from that space. And, and so like you see this affirmed in scripture. And so like, as we're looking at church planting, just like really looking to the side of like, it's not just one or the other, but if we're all mobilized, like if, if men and women are mobilized, like how much, how much faster will the word of God spread than if we're trying to limit it to one gender? Um, so I think that's, I think, I think that's just phenomenal. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, just moving through this is, so you, 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 you got the church and you went through COVID and things were difficult and, um, you know, you, you lost two thirds of your people. So yeah. Tell us where you went from there. Yeah. So, you know, how do you, you know, not only are we shifting just how do you do church now, um, also, how do you make disciples? How do we grow these people that we do have that are still on board? Um, everybody's scared, you know, but we got to move forward. And tip, and what we had done in the past was semester-based uh, growth groups. And, and that was great. And it worked really well for uh, a long period of time for us as a church. But coming back in the building, I'm thinking, man, everybody's going to be so glad to gather back again and jump right back in. Um, because we had this time period where we couldn't gather. And there was like less than 10% of people signed up for a growth group. We did wow, a, a yeah. another semester coming into it and people were just not interested. They're not interested in gathering, whether they're scared or, or just whatever. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work, Lord. Like clearly we have very, very shallow discipleship if they're falling away in such large number. And then they're not even interested in engaging, you know, in, in a discipleship context anyway. So, all right, what do we got to do? And, um, and so that was, I was looking into different resources and I had found the scent lab, uh, from J.R. Rushik, who is one of the founders of CDN, um, just knew J.R. through denominational, uh, you know, connections and, uh, and he had released this curriculum. And so I went through kind of the, the training for that. And, and just immediately knew right away and, and just talking to JR about some of our struggles of re-engaging uh, people. And, and he said, just happened to mention, have you ever heard of the underground? And uh, so Tampa underground in out of Tampa, uh, Florida had, and this is probably 20 years ago, a long time ago, um, had started a network of micro churches. And these are little churches, little communities that are there, whether they're meeting in homes like a house church or whether they're like a ministry that they, you know, 
work with people either in recovery and they're working to build homes together, or they have like a bike shop and they help homeless people fix their bikes and just all kinds of different, you know, not really niche ministries, but just to a specific mission field. And, and just digging more into it, watching the video um, of just their testimony. And immediately I knew like, it was like a second calling. The Lord was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm doing locally for you. This is what I'm doing, uh, you know, in, in the world really. Um, and I am deploying the church in a new way and you can come along, you know, I'm inviting you. Um, and so I'm like, what do we have to lose? We've already, yeah. you know, we've, they, they already don't care. So if they already don't care to gather, then we got to try something new, you know? Um, so just sent out an, an email and before we had even really finished the scent uh, training, um, but just prayerfully trying to identify what are some, some people that I could identify as disciple makers, mature spiritually, um, would might, you know, host a church in their home or, or whatever, you know, just throwing it out to, um, send it out to maybe about 30 people in the church and just thought, okay, you want to learn to do church a new way, come check it out. And, you know, we're going to have kind of this informational meeting and go from there, see what the interest is and thinking maybe I'll get like one or two people. <laughs> And we're yeah. just sitting there waiting and 22 people came. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, you know, as a church leader, if you look at that kind of return, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, huge. Um, so just, you know, casting the vision of the Acts 2 church, doing it a new way, you know, and, and being those, those people that are meeting in the homes, breaking bread together. And the Lord is adding to their number daily. Those are being saved. And, um, and, so we started a training in two groups and then we launched with 11 micro churches that fall in 2020. And, um, so we're going on four years now we're, you know, moving into our fourth year of micro churches and, you know, some have extended their, their life cycle and kind of went the way of kind of dissolving and going to other micro churches. Others are still now in their fourth year meeting wow. and, um, one of them, one of our first uh, micro churches, has now planted, and they are their own Free Methodist Society uh, with a pastor, wow. yeah. CMC, and appointed to them. And um, and we, at the time of my appointment, we were a multi-site church and had uh, another site church about forty-five minutes away from us. And um, they also had a few micro churches that are launched at, were launched from their site as well. Um, but just, they were about 10 years into, uh, their, their site and just feeling like they were ready to, to kind of branch off from our vision, feeling led in a different direction. Their pastor had stepped down. We were kind of in an interim in between, uh, situation with them. So just prayerfully discerning with the leadership team. Okay. Are you guys ready to go out on your own as well? And so, they're the leadership that was remaining decided to they're going to go off and be their own church plant as well and so um so then we planted over there this year as well so we have two church plants that uh, came out of um, this crazy conglomeration of little churches that <laughs> are doing uh, their own thing for jesus um yeah. so it's pretty cool to see what god's doing and that's, I, I just, I find that amazing, you know, like, I mean, look, if you look at the way it charts, right, 
like by all by all accounts and but for all like when your church goes down two-thirds in membership like there there's so many studies that say hey y'all are done like it's you know this is where you'll be so good luck and um i think that the element of innovation right in this space where you are willing to in faith just step out and um i remember hearing about this stuff as it was happening right like because we were in scent lab together or you were I was in the second cohort of Scent Lab and um, yeah. and JR brought you in to like say, hey, Zoe did this, hear about it. And um, and and for for listeners, Scent Lab is kind of the precursor to, you know, all the all the stuff that we do in CDN. It was kind of the the groundwork that that JR did. And it's very much so. So I was in that second cohort hearing about a lot of this stuff. It was as it was happening. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Like, I'm like, you know, like. God, do it here too. You're like, just, mm-hmm. just do something. And, um, and so it's just been kind of like awesome to watch your story and to hear about, about what God's doing. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, how, especially like, as we talk about the, I want to think about the flywheel concept, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you had those 22 leaders that, you know, were catching the vision and then you planted micro churches off of that. And, just talk about um, the process and even, you know, as you, as you have moved into, um, so do you still do the scent lab training or have you moved over to doing encounter training um, exclusively? Yeah. So now currently we exclusively uh, train our leaders through encounters, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's been an evolution uh, for sure. DN has been as well. Um, you know, where we started in that, you know, summer leading into the fall 2020 uh, with Scent Lab. And then we did three other cohorts of, of leaders over the course of probably a year um, with Scent and saw other microchurches birth, saw, saw some uh, just kind of, you know, fade. Um, but then, uh, then we started to, you know, we recognized there was a gap because we needed to contextualize it. And so we made our own training kind of branching off of scent and then other resources, whether it was from underground or other places, um, our own DNA and, and just kind of walking them through a, an eight week training of our own making, um, did that for about a year. Um, and then in 2021, um, when they had first launched uh, CDN and did their first catalyst gathering uh, to just kind of cast that vision of the encounter trainings, the first encounter training actually was in our conference in uh, Pleasantville, uh, Pennsylvania, in, in Keystone Conference, Western uh, Northwest PA, and uh, and I was actually on vacation. But two of my pastors went uh, to that first encounter, and of course, I get back from vacation, and they're like, "This is it! This is it! So you gotta, you know, you gotta!" And so they're telling me all this stuff. So we go to the Catalyst, and and honestly, I mean, you know, as much as CDN is is very much a part of of who we are. Um, it was still very new and, and we had already created our own, you know, contextual training. So I'm kind of thinking like, why do I need to, you know, be a part of this and reinvent the wheel? We're already doing this. And, um, but just the Lord, just very clearly, these are your people. Like, this is who you are. You're a part of this. Um, and so this is just the next step. And so, uh, so we scheduled our first encounter in faith that next in 2022, um, and because we had a site church at the time, 
uh, encounter trainings go in, you know, we talked about the flywheel, it's every six months with mentoring uh, on, you know, kind of that forming that trellis of, of leadership development in between. Um, but we had a site church, so we could do every three months. And, and so we scheduled our next encounter three months later at our site church. And our, you know, my thought, oh, we're going to have this flywheel like spin and double, man, uh, with two training centers. And, um, and, and it was awesome to see, you know, encounters are, it's one of those things where, you know, some week, some times that you will do it, you'll see five people. Other times you'll see 20 people, you know, come. Um, that's probably been one of our biggest uh, encounters. Other people in the network, I mean, they see many more than that. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's just been our experience locally. We're not in a, in a huge area, but honestly, I'd say that some of those smaller encounters are almost a more intimate time yeah, with that. And you can yeah. really focus um, just on, on the, the person themselves seeking the Lord in that time and just really root in and give them time to discern with the Lord. Um, but yeah, so that's, so we just kind of threw it through in our chips with encounters and just did some follow-up on the back end to contextualize it for, if you want to start a microchurch here in our yeah. network, yeah. this is, you know, we're going to mentor you locally. Um, but yeah, that's how it's been for us. Yeah. 1030 train coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's, yeah, that's so good. So as, so thinking about encounters and, and I love that you said like, you know, there's times when it's bigger and it's good, but there's also times when it's smaller and that provides more intimacy. So like, what are some, like, what are some stories that, you know, like, or a story that really sticks out to you that you would say like, like God moved in such a powerful way. I mean, like we can, we can point to a million different um, miracles, right? Like a million different places where God has moved. Uh, but like, if you were to share like one story with people of God's movement through an encounter weekend, like what, what, what would that story be? Yeah. Um, well, even just this weekend. So we actually didn't see, um, immediately, like you love to have, um, we call them the, you know, the milestones, milestone one, two, three, yeah. uh, M one, uh, is where a church is conceived and a church is conceived in the heart of a church planter when they say yes to, you know, respond to the call of God to plant a church. Um, and so, you know, we, we love to see that's like the, the goal to see them like all called all, you know, respond to that call of God to go plan a church. And, um, and sometimes I've seen maybe half of the people gathered. Yes. God is calling me to plan a church, whatever it, you know, looks like, not sure what it looks like, but yes, I'm saying yes. Um, and this particular encounter, we actually did not have any clear calls of yes, I'm going to go plan a church. And so in, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, you want to, um, give into that. Oh, it wasn't a success. Well, no, because there are two of the people that attended that are responding to God in a call to ministry. Mm. And so they currently, you know, are thinking like, well, I'm just starting my ministry process and, and I'm just following the call of God. We understand maybe we've walked a few years down the road in our calling. Well, if God calls you, then a church follows. 
because yeah. a shepherd gathers sheep, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, if you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that just, but you know, it's like you almost have to wait to see that form in them. Like, okay, you, you're going to be planning a church, but we'll see that. <laughs> just come to the next encounter. Just come to the next encounter. Yeah. But even to see, so their gifts being, you know, deployed. And we, you know, I saw another one of the members who's a member of a micro church and God had been stern in him and his leaders kind of pointed him out. And he had come up to me after service, just, I feel, really feel like God is doing something, but I don't know. And I said, you need to come to encounter this weekend. Yeah. And, and then God just wrecked him, completely wrecked him. And uh, so, you know, we're just having a, our time during our moment of prayer, uh, during the, you know, the first strategy. And we just have this space where we just allow people to just cry out to God in prayer, uh, seeking him for whatever it is that he has for them. And, um, but then you see, you know, those who are called and they're, they're, you know, coming around him because they've been there when you're wrestling through a call with God. And it's just to see how it wrecks you, you know, you have to come to the end of yourself. And so now we see him being called and him coming to the end of the encounter. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the next step is, but I know God's doing something. And so, you know, so sometimes, you know, those encounters are just that an yeah. encounter with God yeah. and you're creating the space for God to begin the work. Um, but then others, uh, so, you know, so another story of, of church planting, we had a young man um, who I love to do this, where we, you know, try to do worship really low key, just somebody with a guitar or, you know, not a huge, not a big, big band, anything like that. And I try to pull people into the encounter that have never been, that will play on worship or whatever. And, um, and just, just for that, like, Hey, can you lead worship for encounter for me? But then they're attending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a bait and switch. <laughs> it's my, you know, I won't apologize, but, <laughs> but then they encounter God. And, um, and so this young man, he's on uh, campus in town. Uh, we have a, a state uh, college in town here. And, um, and he knew right away he was called by God to, um, you know, to shepherd the, the other students on campus. And so he like went home that very next day, like talk about immediate obedience and gathered like his his roommate and some of the other people on his dorm in his his dorm room, had a Bible study and there, you know, were out like the next week praying for people and you know so he already like started a church in his dorm room like that next day and so it's it's I just the uniqueness of every story I think is my favorite yeah this past weekend it was interesting we um you know I'm inviting people too you know like and and one of the things I said in in church on Sunday is like look if you feel like something is something's going on in your heart and you're not sure what like come to the encounter like it's you know you don't feel like you you're going to be a church planter that's fine like just come to the encounter and meet with God because we spend a lot of time just seeking the heart of God and uh, and I think that's what's so good about the encounter is is someone uh I was I'm I, I'm in conversation with someone who uh you know is on the fence as to whether or not to have an encounter and they're like well can you just can we just can you just record it and send it to me and I'm like, no, I cannot. <laughs> because 
because it defeats the purpose, right? Like this is that we have times of worship, extended times of prayer. I mean, like, yeah, there's some instruction, but it is a lot of like seeking the heart of God. Like there's giant blocks of time where we, we worship or we talk about something and then we say, all right, like, Lord, what are you saying? And I think those times are so important for people to discern, like, what is God saying in my life? And uh, we had, we had a couple individuals who came to our encounter last weekend who like they were just coming because like they just wanted to see what it was about and you know like uh i think i think the one lady it was really great you know she's like oh i don't feel called to plant a church but you know like i just you know i just want to seek god in this and by the end of the weekend you know as we're doing the the 3141 is to say like all right what's the plan for the next you know like the next 30 to like 30 days from now like or three months from now like what is your what is your plan and she's like all right i'm gonna share mine i'm like but you're not planting a church and she's like well now that you said now that you told me about what a church is and like how to plant a church and you know that it doesn't that it doesn't have to be huge she you know she said in three months i'm gonna gather at this state park and i'm going to gather my family and the friends of my family and we're going to gather and then we're going to go for a hike and we're going to do a dbs and we're going to do these things and i was like oh so it's a hiking church she's like yes i love to hike and uh i was like all right see there you go now we have a church and 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 i think that that's i think that that's one of the beautiful hallmarks of this is just to say like opening up what a church is it's not that every church is so unique and has their own dna that that they have their own um personality even to say like you know whether it's affinity groups or you know people at the same life stage or or just you know like someone who just has a heart broken for a community right so like we're planting a church just south of us and um and it and it's gonna have the similar a similar look of Wall and Pawpack Church, but that's not the only type of church we're about. And and I think that's a big thing. It's just God is gonna call people, and uh, we're just kind of the people that that help that along. I think that kind of all ties back into where we started at the beginning. Is is when God calls in a ministry, there just has to be people who are out front, like watching and listening for the call of God in people's lives. And I, and that's a big part of what Encounter's about. But also when you become a pastor, you know, like keeping your ears open um, to the call of God in people's lives so that we can get more people on the bus, <laughs> you know, like more people into the harvest field. Like if we're playing, praying for workers to enter into the harvest field, we're praying every day for that you know, then, then we have to be aware, like we have to be looking in all the places that, that God has put us. And so, you know, it, and, and, and even in places where we may not expect that to come from. And uh, that's, an, that's, a, I actually had a really good conversation with Adam Wells that, that I'm going to probably have for another podcast, but, but no, Zoe, I really appreciate you just sharing your stories and um, just sharing what God has done. Uh, so you know, like as you as you look towards the next, like if we were to do a three three one four one right now, like what do, what do the next three months look like for you? And hmm. yeah, I think um, you know definitely. You know, I we know we're going to do another encounter in in six months for sure, and that's just our rhythm um, now. But uh, but I think you know the the biggest two two things that I know that that 
God has been working on me on to remember and, and probably an encouragement for really any other um, people that are interested in church planting. Maybe they're dipping their their toe in and and thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I want to they've been exponential <laughs> or they've, you know, heard something about CDN and, and, you know, this is all cool. And I, I want to, to multiply. Um, and, and probably it's the, you know, so 1002 and we pray for workers, you know, in the harvest and, and we're asking God every day, you know, Lord send the workers. Um, I would say, don't despise who he sends, mm. you know, because he's going to, he answers that prayer. And, I think many times the problem with us as, as church leaders, and I can be guilty of this as well, is, is he's sending people all the time, but we despise who he sends. We ignore mm -hmm. them or we look past them. And so whether it is just, you know, it, a, a mom with, you know, multiple kids who's, you know, staying at home and we don't think that she has the time or would be capable or someone who's disabled. And we don't think they have the network that, you know, would be or resources that would be needed or um, whoever, you know, like in man, woman, black, white, you know, poor, rich, like whoever, you know, if, if we're asking him to send workers, he's going to raise them all up. And yeah. so are we willing and ready to equip them, empower them and send them in their context? Um, because, you know, if, if we're looking at planting, planting is literally like gardening. So you better scatter the seed because so yeah. many people, when they think of church planting, think of, you know, when you plant tree seeds, you know, like it's years before you see even anything remotely worth fruit coming off of that tree and so you think you've got to have this nursery and you've got to develop the you know the perfect trees and get them ready so that you can you know plant something that's ready to you know harvest the next year but then we're despising all the little seedlings we're despising yeah. all the other ones that could yeah okay maybe they'll fall away in a year and and but were they any less of a church right. um yeah. and so so let's let's be willing to take the risk of sending and empowering a church that may not look like a church to other people. Um, and so that's what I think is my absolute favorite thing about CDN. They say, let it rain. Um, I, let it I would rain. say, let it scatter, you know, <laughs> yeah. scatter that seed, um, you know, and don't despise the small beginnings because uh, just reading Ezekiel 47 uh, yesterday and, um, you know, that's a really powerful multiplication passage when we see the water flowing from the temple and it's getting deeper yeah. and the river flows from the temple um and it's you know as you progress through the river it just gets deeper and deeper and the lord is just reminding me and, and maybe reminding anybody who's listening um that it starts small it starts as a stream and so are we watching are we you know are we in the river to begin with? And are we recognizing that progressively it'll get deeper? It'll get deeper. Don't despise the small beginnings. If you're a church planter, if you're sending church planters, um, because I would love to say, you know, starting in 2020, we had 11 microchurches and we're in year four. I would love to say we have 44 microchurches. Right, we do right. not because yeah. we have 12. <laughs> And, and, you know, then, you know, I would think that math is, doesn't add up like, Zoe, you're not multiplying. We are, 
it's just that it's growing slow, slowly. And God is yeah. producing results that I don't always understand. Um, and so trust the process and, uh, and partner with him in the work. So. What a phenomenal conversation with Zoe Hatcher and just a wealth of knowledge as someone who continues to move in this space of church planting and innovation and just working to plant the seeds and scatter the seed. And, and then we just pray for the rain, right? That's all we're called to do is, is just to go therefore out into the harvest field, teaching people to obey and scatter that seed and scatter that seed. We can water it. But at the end of the day, it's God that makes us grow. So we're just praying that God would continue to grow your ministry. I pray that you are encouraged and we will catch you next time here on the Harvest Collective Podcast.